What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. The Wizards just put on an ugly one against the Chicago Bulls, uh, 105 to 101. I believe, yeah, that's right. And, um... Man, that, that game was ugly, but a win is a win in this league. Um, the Bulls came in shorthanded. But, and again, at the end of the day, that's just <laughs> going to be plus one in the win column for the Wizards. They moved to, what are they now, 6-15 and 15 on the season. So, I mean, it's an important win to get get another one out of their belt, especially when they've been struggling so badly the past week. Um, they got blown out like three times, and I had to come on here and, you know, <laughs> not be too positive. But they won a game. Um, the... Chicago Bulls were obviously missing, like, so Larry Markkinen has, like, a shoulder injury. Um, Wendell Carter's been out for a while. I don't remember what his injury is, like, an ankle or foot or something. And the other guy they're missing was Otto Porter. Um, so those are three of their probably five best players. It's probably those three guys, Levine and Thaddeus Young, are their five best players. So to be missing three of your five best players, obviously, um, you're not going to be quite as good of a team. But, again, the Wizards won. Um, the Bulls made it close. They did a good job of that. Um, so just to go through some of the top line stat, or I guess I was go through coming into the game, um, the Bulls were nine and thirteen. They had a minus two point differential, which isn't terrible. I mean, it's not very good either. Fifteenth um, in offense and twenty fourth in defense. Um, yeah, this game they were really bad defensively, but I just go so to go through the stats. The um, Wizards had an offense rating one hundred three. Bulls had an offense rating one hundred two. Uh, for those of you wondering, that's right around the twentieth percentile for both teams. Wizards' effective field goal percentage was in the 11th percentile at 45.9. Bulls was at 48.2 in the 21st percentile. Um, both teams, uh, well, the Bulls turned over a decent amount. Wizards did a pretty good job not turning over. Uh, not very many offensive rebounds in this game. And both teams got to the free throw line a really, really large amount. 
Um, part of that is because the Wizards did do a really good job of attacking the rim in this game. Um, part of it is also because Daniel Gafford and Cristiano Felicio were playing minutes. Um, so, you know, kind of, it's kind of like a personnel type of thing without obviously marketing and Wendell Carter um, to have those kind of type. And for like a team that's already lacking in bigs, I don't know where Luke Cornett is. Is Luke, is Luke Cornett on this team? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know about Luke Cornett, but um, he's got to be. Is he hurt? He just didn't play DNP coach's decision? Okay. So, yeah, I guess. But Christian Felicio over Luke. Okay, I'm going to stop talking about going through the rabbit hole of <laughs> Bulls, third string, big men. But, yeah, so um, something that the Wizards do really well this game is just getting to the line and getting to the rim. Um, they took 37 shots at the rim, um, which is 48% of the shots they took, which is in the 97th percentile. And something that I talk a lot about here is just wizard shot selection like the wizards are not the best team at getting to the rim and even if you don't finish incredibly well at the rim like that's still by far the most efficient spot on the court and not only that but the free throw line is one of the most efficient spots on the court so if you can get to the the more or like the general rule is like the closer you get to the basket the more likely you are to draw a foul which is like you know like basic like logic common sense type of thing right um so if the wizards can get to the rim as much as they can and then get shots at the rim plus get free throws to get two of the most efficient things you can get, that's great. And the Wizards did a really, really good job of that this game. They shot a ton at the rim. I don't even, like, who, um, Rui did a really, really good job this game getting to the rim. Um, Bradley Beal took 12 shots in the restricted area, which is, a, like, really, really good. Um, Rui took seven. So it's just those two guys alone did a great job of that. Alex Len, five for five at the rim. Um, even, like, Robert Lopez took five shots at the rim. So, it's just all around really, really good effort from all the guys um, making a like strong effort to get to the basket. And especially against a team missing, like Wendell Carter is pretty solid in terms of um, like rim protection, that kind of stuff, being able to move his field on perimeter and stopping guys from getting to the basket. Um, and also like just not having your full slate of guys, like just like as a help defender, um, <laughs> Otto Porter is a really, really good in that aspect. So, you know, when you're replacing Otto Porter as a help defender with Denzel Valentine, it's going to make it a lot easier. And um, I just, like Denzel Valentine and Zach Levine are probably two of the worst weak side help defenders I've ever just watched a full game of. Like, they, that, I felt bad for Billy Donovan. I know he's probably, like, yelling at them at, at every time out situation, but, like, they provided no weak side help. Like, they were never in position. They were always, like, two steps behind. It was, <laughs> I felt bad. It was hard to watch. The Wizards were, like, the, part of the reason, so... The Wizards were killing the Bulls in pick and roll. And it's easy to say, like, yeah, like Thaddeus Young was the center, blah, 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 blah. But, like, a lot of pick and roll coverage is um, just weak side help. Uh, so, yeah, the Bulls drop, but the weak side still has to pull over to help. And, like, Kobe White and Zach Levine and Denzel uh, Valentine just cannot provide that help. Like, they're just, like, I don't know if it's, like, an effort thing, an IQ thing, or just, like, they're just not good enough. I think it's kind of all of the above with those three guys uh, in particular. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a big part of pick and roll scheme is the weak side. The weak side is a huge part of it. And the Bulls' weak side help was really, really bad. I don't want to put all the blame on Thaddeus Young because I know he's – like Thaddeus Young is a really good player. Like Thaddeus Young is really, really underrated. He had a great game tonight. Um, so it was basically just him and Zach Levine trying to get get the Bulls back in the game. Uh, I didn't go through the stats. Um, I'll just go through a couple of them. Bradley Beal had 35 points, 10 of 24 shooting, 14 of 15 at the line, which is – incredible he did he was awesome tonight like just getting to the line and attacking being a concerted effort to you know attack daniel gafford attack cristiano felicio 
um, attack Thaddeus Young because these guys are not like rim protectors. They cannot stop Bradley Beal if he has his head down going to the rim. Uh, Rui Hachimura had a solid game, 19 points, 7 to 13 from the field, 4 or 5 at the line. You, uh, so, again, that that's probably the biggest or one of the bigger things with Rui is just um, attacking downhill and doing it aggressively. And Rui did a really, really good good job of that this game. So that was exciting to see, especially because he's been struggling as of late. Um, Alex Lynn had 13 points, 5 of 5 from the field, 3 of 6 from the free throw line. But again, getting to the line, that's what you really do want to see, even if you're only shooting like 50%. Like, yeah, you need... Like to be efficient at the free throw line, you got to shoot like fifty-five percent, which is a pretty low bar. Um, but again, getting the free throw line is a great thing. Um, Bertans made four threes. He ended up only four of eleven on the night, but from three-point land, four of eleven is pretty <laughs> pretty good. Um, and that's about it from the Wizards' perspective. I already didn't, uh, I don't know. I said Zach Levine at thirty-five points, twelve of twenty-six from the field, three of eight from three, eleven or eight of eleven at the line, and Thaddeus Young fourteen points, six assists. Five rebounds, three steals, one block. He, again, he's a really, really good player. Um, that's pretty much all the notable bulls. Um, oh, I do. I definitely have to talk about like what happened in the last minute or so of the game. Um, so I just want to pull up the play-by-play um, on NBA.com super quick, um, and then look at my game notes. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll start with. Um, so it was like under a minute. So you okay? I'm going to preface this by saying what teams usually do against the Wizards, like what they've been doing really, really well well lately um, to kind of get the Wizards out of what they want to do offensively is blitzing every single Beal ball screen. And teams can generally do this because the Wizards don't have people like players that can really shoot. And also they don't have players that can play in the short role. And also they don't have players that can, you know, catch the ball, make two good two dribbles into the paint and then make a really good kickout pass or make a good decision on what to do. Which is like vital to attack like those four and three situations that um, you know blitzing a pick and roll creates. So the Bulls ran a strict drop coverage pretty much the whole entire game until one possession and like the last minute they finally blitzed the pick and roll and it was Garrett Temple and Thaddeus Young blitzing Bradley Beal and they got a steal. And <laughs> I don't know why Billy Donovan didn't do that the whole entire game. It just, like that didn't make any sense to me because Thaddeus Young can like move his feet really well for for like a big like that's one of the like that's one of the signature Thaddeus Young skills that he's so good at defense because he can move his feet laterally he can switch on to multiple positions and he can he played a lot of small ball five today and looked pretty good I don't know why Billy Donovan didn't go to the look of blitzing ball screens I think that that would have completely changed the game but again like he didn't um so after that Thaddeus Young steal um Zach Levine uh he came down he shot a pull-up shot like he right around the free throw line he missed uh, but then Kobe White got a rebound. Like Bertans, he just like snatched it right away from Bertans. Bertans is not a good defensive rebounder. It's like we've seen that a lot this season, where Bertans is right next to the ball, he just can't get the rebound, and you know that happens. Um, Chicago had the timeout. They ran a really interesting uh, ATO, and there's like 30 seconds left in the game. The Bulls were down um, three, um, so they had Kobe White as the inbounder. They just like kind of throw and chase. Like Kobe White just threw it in, chased after it, um, came off the DHO, and was going downhill at Len. And then he stopped for the, um, you know, kind of uh, floater. Um, and it went in, uh, which was good for him. But again, like a seven-foot floater, at the end of the day, you'll probably, you'll give that up. Like, it's not the end of the world if someone makes that over you. Um, but in that situation, um, points for shot kind of matters a little less. And if the ball goes in or not, in terms of like that binary thing, kind of matters more. Um, so that cut the lead down to one. So the Wizards up 102-101 at that point. Um 
and then the next play, the Wizards ran. So obviously, like, um, so Brooks ATO, like he's fine. He's not like the best coach, but uh, he he has a few plays that he just like has in his comfort zone that he likes to go to, and he did go to one of them in this situation. I um, mean, Ish Smith, like you know, near half court, just dribbling the air out of the ball, pretty much for most of the shot clock. Then Ish Smith, um, the Bradley Beal came off a DHO from Ish Smith. He came off a uh, double uh, double screen uh, going downhill at Thaddeus Young. And he did turn the corner against Thaddeus Young, which was impressive. Um, I'm not a giant fan of the play call because Thaddeus Young, again, like he can move his feet. But um, Beal, Beal turned the corner, so he made the most of that one. And he got to the free throw line, which, again, is, that's where you want to be in this like late-game situation. He missed the first one, and then he made the second one, so it was only a two-point game. Um, so just like part of the math behind what you do in a two-point game, like you always go for three unless you have like a wide-open layup. Because you never, ever, ever want to just like extend the game. You just you want to win. Because if you extend the game to overtime, you only have a fifty percent chance of winning in the overtime. Is like the general idea. So you have to be. So I guess so. The points per shot of a three has to be double the worth. Or I'm trying to think about how to put this in words that make sense. The points per shot of a two, if you go for two, has to be at least more than double the points per shot of a three if you shoot a three, if that makes sense, for it to be worth shooting a two. So if you shoot, like, I'm trying to think of a nice even, like 40%, like if you get a three that you would make 40% of the time in like this general situation, then you have to shoot a two-point shot that, wait, this doesn't even, that doesn't even make sense, 120% of the time? So, okay, I'm trying to break down the math in my head super quick. So, if you, I'll, I'll work with 30% because that's 33%. Man, this is harder than I thought in terms of math. Okay, so. Ah, <laughs> okay, wait, 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 give me a second to think. Yeah, so basically, go for three. Um, wait, I got to think about this. This is like twisting my brain. Okay, I figured it out. I figured it out. So, <laughs> I'll use 33% because that's a lot easier. So, 33, if you make 33%. Of your threes, like in this situation, so that would be one point per shot. So for it to be worth it for you to go for two, you would have to make one hundred percent of your twos, because that would be two points per shot. So, but then you'd send it to overtime, and then fifty percent, you'd win fifty percent of those games. So then in the end, it's a fifty, like uh, fifty fifty shot after you make that one hundred percent. So in the end, it's one point per shot divided by two, which is point five points per shot, which is the same as um, a three that you make thirty three point three percent of the time. So basically, you always go for three unless you have a wide, wide, wide open dunk. But even then, you do still kind of do want to go for three. Um, and then the bull, the Bulls did go for three, or no, they didn't go for no, they didn't go for three. Um, so what they did was, well, I don't know what they go. <laughs> uh, Levine made the decision not to go for three. I don't know what Billy Diamond called um, in the ATO, but he had um, Levine dribbling the ball out. Um, near the top of the key, um, he had Garrett Temple, I think, come off like a reverse elevator screen. Um, I don't know what that was, but then he had um, Kobe White coming up to set a guard guard pick and roll or pick and pop, I would assume. Um, but then uh, Zach Levine rejected it and then went right at Alex Len, staying in the middle of paint, and he just missed the layup. Um, but Alex Len did a really, really good job of contesting, and that's the second time in the last few games that we've seen Alex Len contest a late game layup to win the game. Uh, the other one was against Miami, like on Wednesday, I think. So really, really good job from him. Uh, Beal gets a rebound, uh, makes two free throws, wins the game. 
He got three like point one seconds left, so just adding to his point total at that point. But really good win from the Wizards down the stretch. Um, you know, a couple good uh, play calls um, from the Bulls that I thought were interesting. Uh, they just didn't pull it out in the end. They just didn't have enough dudes, honestly. Um, I, I, again, I feel bad for what Billy Donovan is working working with in this game. But uh, just to talk a little bit about um, shot charts. Um, the Bulls got to the restricted area 24 times with 13 to 24. Um, 7 to 16 from floater range, 7 to 15 from mid range, 8 for 22 from above the break threes. So, like, not great all the way around. Um, they just didn't have their guys. Um, the Wizards, <laughs> so the funny thing about the Wizards shot chart is it's literally all red except for the restricted area, which is only they're right at league average. And again, that's what happens when you get to the when you get to the basket. They shot 67.6 percent like in the restricted area. That is what 1.34 points per shot which is unbelievably good that is really really good and then uh, they also got to the free throw line a bunch um i just want to look at their total free throw numbers they were they got there 36 times and they made 75 percent, which is 1.5 points per possession um which is awesome like that would be like by far the best offense ever um so <laughs> i'm begging the wizards to keep doing this keep getting to the line like part of it was because the scheme of the other team just was kind of like they they did let that happen with like um, the drop coverage that they were playing and Bradley Beal just was able to attack it so easily just going downhill. But also other guys were attacking Alex Len. Like yeah, their weak side defense sucked, but I still like Alex Len rolling to the rim, being a threat, having his hands up, like dunk, finishing with dunks. Um, Rui Hachimura attacking off the dribble. Like keep doing that. Like I know that they don't have any really wing defenders. Like I don't even know who was guarding Rui. Like Patrick Williams and I don't even know who else. <laughs> to be honest, um, but. Attack the rim. Like, Rui is a pretty good finisher around the rim when he really, really goes hard. Keep doing that. Like, Rui isn't a good shooter, um, which is fine at this point. He's only in his second year. He just turned 23 today. So keep going at the rim. Um, Rui actually played pretty solidly. I don't know why he didn't come in down the stretch until a lot later. Oh, something I do have to talk about is the lineup. Scott Brooks threw a lineup out there with Denny Avdia, Rui, and Davis Bertans. And I like I personally think of all those guys as just like straight fours pretty much like i guess denny like of all those guys denny's the most like three four kind of tweener type of guy but like the problem with that is like none of those guys can create a shot for themselves so then you get in like a lot of trouble <laughs> when you're trying to send them out there also with ish smith who like can create but he's not like unbelievable in that aspect and you're also with robin lopez who's just like not spacing the floor at all so I want to see if there's any lineup data on those two guys because that was an interesting look that I haven't seen before. Like, I'm all for, like, really crazy lineup positions and that kind of stuff, but, like, it has to make, like, there has to be a theory behind it. Like, I don't understand the theory behind those three guys playing together. And, like, something else that I really, really like is um, three wing lineups. But, like, I like three wing lineups on, like, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward. I don't like three wing lineups on their three guys that can't really dribble, three guys that can't really pass, and only one of the three guys can actually shoot. Um, I'd be surprised if there's lineup data. Cleaning glass is taking a while to load. Oh, there is lineup data. So they're, but they only played 19 possessions together. And oh my God, their point differential is minus 40.4. And they're, okay, it's, <laughs> I'm not going to read into 19 possessions of playing together too much. But yeah, <laughs> those numbers are ugly. Um, but obviously, the sample size isn't fair to them. I do want to look at um, Rui Hachimura and Denny Avdia lineups together. Um, defensively, they're in the third percentile for defense. Yeah, okay, that's pretty bad. And 45th per offense, 8th percentile for point differential. 
Um, yeah, I don't understand the theory of those two guys together just because neither of them are great ball handlers. Neither of them are like Denny's a fine passer. Um, Rui not as much. Um, and then neither of those guys are reliable shooters. So, and both of them are pretty much fours. Um, so I don't understand. Like, I guess that at a certain point you don't have enough wings to play over them. But I really think that, like, I'm going to keep saying this, Troy Brown should be in the rotation. Um, he can give them something else, um, something interesting, you know, some ball handling, a little bit more shooting. He's really good at getting around screens. And, um, oh, I do, I definitely have to talk about, um, how Neto uh, came back. He played not that many minutes because he's still coming back from injury. Uh, he only ended up with 17. I think Scott Brooks before the game said 18 to 20 was like the limit for him. Um, but he just in the drop, well, the Wizards, so their pick and recovery basically has to be a drop because they have Alex Len and, uh, Robin Lopez and those like they're not very mobile um, so like playing a drop makes sense but to have a su- successful drop I already talked before in this episode about um, weak side defense which the Wizards kind of struggle with anyways but also the guard getting over the screen and then pursuing the ball handler after he gets over the screen or just blowing up screens in general is really really important to a good drop coverage scheme um, that's why the Bucks were so unbelievable in their drop coverage last year because um What's his face? Eric Bledsoe is like the best at just like that rear view contest um, after he gets screened. Uh, George Hill is really good at Dante Givincenzo, Pat Connaughton. All these guys are really, really good at that. And the Wizards just don't really have guys that are good at that. Um, but Howe Neto did a really good job of that tonight, um, bothering the ball handler, uh, bothering Kobe White, who kind of struggled when Howe Neto was on him in this game. So that was really good to see. Uh, I hope I see more of that out of Howe Neto going forward. And I do have to talk about Alex Len. Alex Len had a really good game tonight, um, just in terms of rim protection. He deterred a lot of shots. Um, and I looked at the stat um, because, so NBA.com is really good data for um, rim protection, that kind of thing. So I got to find it in my notes. It's somewhere in here. Um, opponents against Alex Len this season within six feet of the rim, when Alex Len is between them and the rim, are shooting 15% worse than expected. And last season, the number was at 10.3% worse. So those are both phenomenal numbers. That means that Alex Len is like legitimately deterring shots and protecting the rim. Um, and that's that's exciting. Like the Wizards do need some rim protection. Uh, Robin Lopez also provides that, but he just doesn't look, he's not very mobile. So like some matchups are pretty tough for him, like Zach Levine. Um, Zach Levine can turn the corner on Robin Lopez, like, and it's not super hard for him. Like Alex Len is kind of just a bigger body and he's a little more mobile than Robin Lopez. So, he like for this matchup, Robin or Alex Len down the stretch and also starting, I think was a good choice uh, from Scott Brooks, despite some of his other lineup foibles. Um, something else I do want to talk about is Garrison Matthews only played six minutes. I don't understand that at all. Um, Garrison Matthews in the six minutes was good defensively. He made a couple of mistakes helping off the strong side corner. Um, I get that, but like I like if you want to take him out because of that, then I get that. But I think just his element of being able to shoot in teams like. Something that's just important to shooting in the NBA is just like other teams thinking that you can shoot because if the other team thinks you can shoot, then that just completely spaces out the floor and teams think Garrison Matthews can shoot. Like his his presence out there spaces the floor. I want to look up a stat super quick on cleaning the glass because they have really good um, on-off data and you can look at things like how often your team shoots at the rim with certain guys on the court. And that's what I want to look at um, because... Like, if you look at Breton's numbers, like, the Wizards shoot significantly more shots at the rim when he's on the court. Uh, the Wizards actually shoot less shots when he's, um, Garrison Matthews on the court. That's pretty interesting, actually. And they shoot 7.9% more threes. Okay, so that's where those shots are going. That's interesting. Um, oh, yeah, anyway. 
So I think Harrison Matthews should play more. I think he's one of like the Wizards' better off the bench players. I do like um, the idea of bringing Avdi off the bench, just because he does have a little bit of ball handling ability to him, uh, which the Wizards desperately need off the bench. Uh, he's been struggling defensively as of late. Um, he got he was pretty good defense, like not good, but like good for a rookie defensively. But now he's like kind of come back to, you know, what you'd expect out of an average rookie, like which is okay because he is an average rookie. Um, so like no big deal there. Has um yeah i want to check my nose to see if there's any other big talking points i want to talk about okay so there's a couple things that i want to talk about just super quick um one of them is Thaddeus young i think that every single contending team should be trying to trade for him because he kind of reminds me of Draymond green just as a, like a passing a big that can really pass the ball um he can handle the ball and he can really play defense um so i think that he's the perfect guy for contending teams to go after that's not a wizard related thing but that's a shout out Thaddeus young thing other thing is the Wizards, just their offense, like players are moving a lot more. Um, Bradley Beal and Bertans are setting a lot more screens than usual, um, which is really good to see the player movement. Um, I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that's like a Westbrook thing that Westbrook wasn't there. And then like players, like we were able to run more motion offense without kind of Westbrook being kind of more of a black hole in offense. But I don't know, the offense looked a lot better tonight than it did in the last couple of games. And I did want to point uh, point that out. I want to see if there's any other like interesting actions that I wrote down. I don't think so. Um, so that's about it. So the next game the Wizards have is against the Toronto Raptors, um, who've been playing better as of late. It'll be really interesting to see how the Wizards guard <laughs> because Fred VanVleet and Kyle Lowry uh, pick and roll because those guys are really good at shooting off the dribble. And also the Raptors in general are a pretty good defensive team. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Also, I think Nick Nurse is the best coach in the league. So we'll see what kind of things he schemes up for Beal. Uh, honestly, that game could get ugly, but it'll be fun because I love watching the Raptors play basketball. They're just so fun to watch because their defensive rotations are just like top notch, like so good. Um, so, yeah, so I think that game's at seven o'clock. So please tune into that one and then I'll have a podcast coming out that day or the next day. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.